You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and creator of the Deb Method for Goal Setting Simplified. Can't reach your goals on your own. You need your people. So every week, I bring together three friends to dive into a special topic. And then on Thursday, it magically becomes an episode of The Deb Show on the Marketing Podcast Network. So whether you're watching us live or the replay or listening to us, we are glad you're here because and choosing your goals because... Isn't that, isn't that really the point? We, we all want to be, be better, do more, improve, have more of an impact. And we do this through people and resources. And today's people are awesome on this topic of business tips. We have Rick Alicantara, uh, who, funnily enough, I met through Innovation Women. I don't think you're a member. I think you were one of those, I'm going to check this out for my clients, which means He's very client forward, client first, frame of mind with a specialty in communications. So really excited for Rick's perspective. And then actual Innovation Women member, Jesse Burke, really excited, whose company is Outgrow Your Garage. And she can tell us more about that in a minute. And Lydia Sugarman, who we know through our friend, Jess Duell, who it's all about the connections. So I love... Um, you're all relatively newish friends, and you're also very excited about the topic, and I'm really excited to jump on in. And so, uh, first of all, other than saying that you're awesome, great for this conversation, I do realize I've said very little about each of you, so please take a minute and introduce yourself and why you're so excited to be talking about business tips. Rick. Well, hi, everybody. I'm Rick Alcantara, and I own Rick Alcantara Consulting. I'm based about uh, 15 miles outside Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I've been in the PR business for 25 plus years. Basically, I work with companies to help them uh, promote their brand and protect their brand. Well, that's very important, right? Because it's not just about building, it's about sustaining. Exactly. And maintaining. Well, awesome. Really excited to have you here Rick and Jesse, your turn. Hello. Um, I am the founder of Outgrow Your Garage, and we do small business development. And unlike the federal government, who defines small businesses as 500 or fewer employees, uh, we really work with businesses who have less than five employees and help them go from one person who's doing all the things and organize their systems and processes so they can scale and do more of the things they like and less of the things that are super boring, like paperwork. <laughs> Let's call a spade boring, right? 
Awesome. Exactly. Well, well, I'm glad you're here. Thank you for joining. And Lydia, welcome. Hi, uh, my company is Ventive and it is Complete RevOps CRM. No, it's not boring. <laughs> and will you explain not... what that is for so, anyone who might not know? What that means is that it's a complete business uh, solution. It has all the marketing, sales, customer success, and operations tools all in one seamless platform. So it doesn't, everybody's on the same page, everybody's speaking the same language, uh, and it doesn't interrupt your workflow because it's one, one seamless user interface. And we like working with companies from five people and up but particularly on the smaller end because Venev is, is designed to help businesses grow and scale. It supports you as you grow it and, and has all the tools there to, uh, to scale as you, without having to change technology. Blah. I've been talking for like 10 hours today. <laughs> And guess what? You get to talk a little bit more. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you. Well, and, and it's, I feel like we've got all different ends of this spectrum, but it's really focusing on business and building. And that really starts with the foundation. And so Deb method, for those of you who don't know, it's determine your mission, explore your options, brainstorm your path. And it, it's for setting that foundation because when you have that, then you can grow. And sure, sometimes it's nice to fly by the seat of your pants and see where opportunities take you, but you still need to know who you are and what your business is about so you set yourself up for success. So transition, transition. What do you think is the first step anybody needs to set the foundation for their business? Jesse? Um, so... For me, it's always about operations, right? Where are you trying to get to? And how do you build a system that is going to help you get there? Um, so people talk about sales. They talk about marketing. They talk about demographics. All of those things are important. But it doesn't matter what your pricing is, what your sales strategy is, what your marketing strategy is, if you don't know how you're going to do it. And you can't replicate that task so that it becomes rote in some respects so that you are able to grow your business once you have all those pieces figured out. So, for example, so for example, uh, right now, Outgrow Your Garage is launching a new program, right? And we are we are launching the subscription program where people can use our programming to build their operations, right? In order for us to be able to build that program, we have to decide how are people going to use it? What are those different pieces going on? Why does it matter to them? And how do we, as we sell it, make sure that people are getting a consistent product every time. We have the background handled on how are we communicating with people? How are we remembering to post about it on social media? How are we remembering to continue doing all of the other things in our business? And so it really becomes not just what is this new product, but how does this product fit into the overall operations of our business as a whole so we can continue doing what we're doing? And so new businesses are exactly the same. How are you going to do it? And how do you make sure you maintain that quality? Nice. Uh, Lydia, what are your thoughts? So I start before that. And that may be 
uh, implied in, in what Jesse said, but you have to get out of the building and find out if what you think is a good idea, other people think is a good idea. Do Are they going to buy what you're selling? Do they need it? Or is it, a, or is it just a nice to have? And if they need it, what's, how much is it worth to them? Um, a book that I read a while back uh, that's, I got it out of the library and then it was so good I bought it is called Monetizing Innovation. Um, and Jesse smiles like she's very familiar with that book. Uh, I'm not, but we keep a running book list of cool business books. And so like, I'm going to write that down right now so I can read it later. It, yeah, it it's really great. And even though there's an emphasis on tech startups, it's it the principles are are universal to any any kind of business. So, you know, it is what you is what you want to sell. Uh, does it have a place in the marketplace? And do you have I I know I like quick answers. Um, do you have a litmus test for that? Or does that change with everything? Uh yeah, I mean the litmus test is getting out of the building and just talking to people and keeping and keeping track of it. You know, uh, I don't know if anybody still does it, but you know, one of the things I spent 16 years in Silicon Valley, and and one of the recommendations was to go to Starbucks and uh, offer to buy people's coffee if they would answer a few questions. And they would do anecdotal market research on what they were what they were proposing to build and sell. Um, the other is, you know, solve your own solve your own personal pain to come up with a you know a good product that people feel like they need. I, I'm another another book for your list if it's not already on it, Jesse is. I think it's disrupt disrupt you by Jay Samet. And it's you write down every day, write down three problems that you're having. And then at the end of the month, see what solutions that you're going to create. So I think that's definitely um, in alignment because sometimes the best thing you can do, or as I say, whenever I'm restarting or rebooting something, I deb method it. I take it through, you know, what is the mission for this project and what are the steps that I need to do to get out in the world? And let me tell you, the system works because when, you, when you're pinpointing and then getting excited about it and then go and check and see the needs and then put the systems in place and et cetera, et cetera. Rick, I did not forget about you. No problem. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Of what to you is that first step? Yeah, I think before you get into sales, before you get into communication, before you get into marketing, product development, any of that, you have to define what's your purpose. Why are we here? What are we trying to accomplish? What is this problem that we're trying to solve? So before we even go out to the market and start asking questions, it's like, you know, are we, do we have, we defined what we, why we exist and are we going to be authentic to that purpose? Um, you know, not just the fact that we're going to say we're going to do something and then we just list the opposite. We, we say we're going to support the environment. And then on another side, a, a, a subdivision of our company is polluting the water. So, you know, are we authentic you know, to our purpose? That's really where I think everything has to start. And when I'm working with companies on communications, before I start asking them, you know, well, do, do you want a, a newsletter? Do you want a website? You know, whatever it's going to be. I have to know, 
you know, why do they exist? What are they trying to accomplish? Who are they trying to serve? What are they trying to say? What have they tried that's worked and what hasn't worked? And then we can start working together. Awesome. Well, again, to determine your mission, of course, I agree with you. What what problems did no let let me ask this because that's actually the next question. When you ask your clients these questions, do they have the answers right away or do they need your help in reining them in? Sometimes you have to do some digging. You have to kind of take it to the next level and ask second and third level questions. But I think most uh, organizations, you know, if they're going to invite you in to talk, they probably recognize either they have a problem that needs to be fixed or they want to go to another level where they haven't been able to get there yet. And they want you to kind of help provide the solutions. But if I just come in and say, okay, I already have the solution. I think you should do X. And I haven't asked any questions. I'm not really doing a, a good service to my clients. I need to really ask them a lot of questions. So if I sit down, say, with a prospective client for an hour, I'll tell them up front. I say, I'm not bringing you a brochure. I'm not bringing you a newsletter. I'm not bringing you a presentation. In fact, I'm bringing you nothing. I'm going to spend five minutes talking about what I do. And I'm going to spend 55 minutes asking you questions. And then based on that, I'm going to make a, you know, my, my recommendations and, uh, and put it into a proposal. Got it. And so, um, Jesse, Lydia, do you, do you have similar, same, different interactions when you start working with people? So my first interaction with a lot of our people is through a co-working session that we operate twice a week. And that is really a space for entrepreneurs to come in and, and work together. It's not networking. It's more like going to a coffee shop, uh, except virtually. And so for that, we just get to know people in these little pieces of time around what they're doing, right? So co-working operates in these two 40-minute work periods with goal setting and chit-chatting and troubleshooting around that. And so that tends to be how we get to know the people who work with us because unlike Rick, who does consulting, right, where he's really focused on that individual problem solving, I'm not. I'm way more focused on that. How do I help you find the resources to solve your own problems? Because most of the businesses I work with are people who have very labor-intensive businesses. And so some of them are consultants, some of them are bookkeepers, some of them are skilled tradespeople, some of them are domestic um, services, home healthcare services, artists, creatives, all these people who work in these fields that they don't scale unless you hire. And if you are doing admin time, you're not doing things that you can charge for because uh, somebody has to be doing that billable labor. And so a lot of what I do is really asynchronous. And so people find us all kinds of ways, uh, but coworking tends to be where I have the most hands-on experience. Everything else is online classes. And Lydia? So I talk about, so I belong to a networking group and everybody has to have three words to describe what they do. And my three words are grow, revenue, smarter. And you might not immediately think of CRM or a CRM platform as something that's going to help you grow revenue smarter, but it does because to have a successful CRM implementation, you need to really sit down and diagram out processes and systems and really get a deeper understanding of your business than you may have ever done before. So that when we go to customize your Venom account and automate all of these things, 
to give you back time and save aggravation and save money. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot of discovery up front. You know, our people will say, well, I need a CRM. Well, why? Why, why do you think you need a CRM? What do you want to accomplish? So, uh, and that's the difference between a successful and unsuccessful uh, technology implementation. It, this is so true because a lot of people say, oh, I have a CRM because everybody says I need a CRM. I have a newsletter because you need a newsletter. I have this because, but one size does not fit all. Right. And if you're spending, and I'm sure Jesse totally agrees with this, if you're spending your time implementing everything, you have no time to actually make money. That's just it. Right? Yeah. You know, and <laughs> if you're just starting out, it's really simple. You know, hey, maybe a spreadsheet does work for you. Or maybe one of the entry level, like simple applications that does, you know, one thing uh, work for you. But eventually, I mean, most people go into business with the idea of growing a business and scaling it or not everybody, but to a degree, even consultants or, or coaches, they keep adding services and, and um, products and get busier and busier. So they need something more, uh, more efficient. So having everything in one place with a single sign on a single source of truth uh, at a price point that makes sense does is, you know, makes your life easier. So our, our new tagline actually is uh, it's, it's not more than you need. It's more than you thought possible. Ooh. I think one of the things that Lydia and Jessica will probably agree to is a lot of times when the client or prospect talks to you, they already have the solution in mind. You know, they're like, I, this is, I, this is a solution. And so they just think about the problem and they've got the answer. And, you know, I think your job as the, the consultant, the advisor, the coach, whatever, is to ask those questions, to dig deeper and figure out if that is the best solution. And should you go in a different direction? Right. Sometimes I'm talking prospective clients out of doing things that would generate more revenue for me because I don't see the benefit for them. So I say to them right up front, yeah, I'd like to have your money, but I don't think <laughs> you should do that because it's not going to give you the same results. You'll do better over here than being over here. I'm happy to say, if it's not a match, I'm happy to say that because the last thing okay. I want is an unhappy customer right? Uh, and and uh, bad word of mouth. I'd rather, I'd rather come away with them saying, you know, she, she, advise me uh, to use this or to stick with what we're using right now for now, because uh, you, they don't really, I don't really need Ventive at this point in time. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, that's a great, that can become a great uh, testimonial or a recommendation. I've got the solution, implement it, and they'll just go and do it. And then, then you've got that problem you just described, Lydia, which is, you know, are they really happy with it? It was their idea. You did it for them. And then they may feel uncomfortable with it anyway. Yeah. They, it doesn't always have to be a customer that makes a referral. It can be somebody who ended up not being a customer. Yeah. Jesse, I see you you wanting to chime in. Um, I think it's part of that authenticity part that Rick mentioned earlier of people trust you more if you're saying this is really what we do and this is really what we don't do. Um, and you don't need this. I, and that's a big part of showing clients, you understand how their business operates. Um, and that's, 
something I think about a lot in terms of how we operate too, of um, if you really know what you want and, and what you're really looking for is somebody to walk you through those individual steps of how to reach your goals. Great. I have a giant list of business coaches I can refer you to. Um, and, and that's a big part of, of how you want to think about when you're starting your business of what does that client look like? How much hands-on time do you want? Do you not want hands-on time? Do you want to be teaching? Do you want to be coaching? What kind of levels do you want? What is not just who will pay you for your product, but who do you want to work with? Uh, there's so much advice out there to chase the money, but chase the money where it overlaps with what you like to do is a part I think a lot of people miss. And if you're authentic about that with clients, Lydia's right. They will refer you whether you end up working with them or not because they liked that authenticity. I frequently have guests that do the exact same thing on for these conversations. You're all a little, a little bit different. Uh, so in theory, someone could work with all three of you and it's not a conflict at all, but I've had like three web designers or three marketing consultants, but everybody comes from it from a different experience, a different personality, and everybody wants the right fit anyway. I once worked with a woman. She said, you are the fifth um, fifth coach I've talked to. And I, I do mostly speaking and workshops every now and then I will do consulting by referral, but I'm like one, one hour and done. Give me an hour. I'll give you a plan. I'm the one people go to before they go to any of you because they're still trying to figure out what's next for them, that foundation. Um, I forgot where I was going with this. Oh, <laughs> everybody brings their unique background and experience, and also their upbringing, you know, their frame of mind, what, what is true for them. And that's how you make those right connections. And that's why in this space, the more people you know, the better, because you want to be that connector. If you can help the person, you know, people. And I think, Lydia, this is why you and I met, is because Jess said, oh, you're, you, you are givers. You want to help people make more, do better, et cetera. Um, and the first thing I said, we talked for five minutes, we're like, yes, Jess was right. And you connected me with Jim Cermak, who hosts uh, Trade Show University. One of the things I talk about is event outcome optimization. So I'm going to be on that. And he's going to be on next week's. Goals Yay. Chat Live slash The Dev Show. So a lot of times as well, you never know where a conversation is going to lead and your clients might be two connections down the road. You just don't know. I, I want to circle back before we go into, because I am going to ask that big mistakes question in a minute, but I love what you said, Lydia, about the three words that, that really... Um, your three-word intro, and I would love to know, Rick and Jesse, what your three words are. And and I will let you think for a second. Because in mine, our goal setting simplified. So it it is my my tagline, my motto. Um, in my mission to change goal culture in and out of the workplace, I just like to make the instructions easy because changing your life is challenging enough. Okay, did I did I vamp enough? <laughs> Uh, can I have a couple more than, than three? Arthur, we have, our tagline is build your business in 20 minutes. And so 
We do. Business in 20. I don't have a tagline. I mean, it really in 20. to creating engaging public relations or engaging communications. Uh, if I thought about it more, I'd probably come up with a better tagline for a PR person, you know? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're totally judging you. Yes, I know. Thank you. <laughs> so engaging communications. Yeah. And it basically, you know, why I say that is it, it's, it's not a matter of just communicating for the sake of communicating. There, there has to be a purpose behind it. And, and, you know, either you're trying to inform, you're trying to educate, you're trying to engage, you're trying to get people to perhaps do something or not do something, like maybe get them to stop smoking, maybe get them to donate to a cause. So you're trying to drive some kind of action. And depending on what you're trying to accomplish, that will determine the budget, it will determine the timeline and things like that. It's a little easier to just inform you know, people about something that you're doing. Uh, it's a lot harder to get people to change their attitudes, to change their opinions, to change their beliefs. It's going to take a lot more communication and a lot more time. When that's whether you're trying to generate uh, communications inside of an organization or outside of an organization. It's it's just going to come down to, you know, your resources, your time, your patience, um, your 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 staffing capabilities. And, and you know, you're working with people inside or outside. And again, getting back to uh, how is it going to support your mission? One of communications happens to be one of my favorite words when it comes to business, because you can't do without anything without communication skills. And if you have the skills to speak, to write, to articulate, then anything is possible. Okay. Nodding is good, but those poor people on the podcast can't see it. So what do we think? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you, the organization, if you're not communicating, for example, with your own employees and your employees are getting their information about the company from external sources like the evening news, you've got a problem. If your clients or customers are not hearing you articulate um, your positions or your about your products or services, it, it, where are they getting their information? Are they getting it from your competitors? Are they getting it from the media? Are they getting it from regulators. I mean, where's it coming from? So you have to be visible. You have to be engaged. You have to be aligning your communications with the, the people who are you know, important to your business, but also the people you're trying to attract to your business and understanding what motivates them and what drives them to make buying decisions and trying to match those two up and what you, what you sell and what they're interested in. And communication mm-hmm. is just as important internally as it is externally. Absolutely. And I think a lot of, so one of the most popular courses that we have is on hiring staff and contractors. And it is about hiring and it is about setting up those operations, but it's really a communications course around how do you get your business out of your head so that you can explain it to other people. And I think that a lot of times is the biggest communication hurdle you're ever going to face in your business is hiring that first person where suddenly you have to be able to delegate this thing that you have put a ton of blood, sweat and tears into to be able to say, this is the trust that I have in you to work through me on these communication issues, because I don't know how to talk about my business to somebody else who's internal. I only know how to talk about it externally and that learning those communication skills and how to do that. They call it code switching in anthropology and that linguistic code switching of, okay, we're talking to external clients. And now suddenly you have your first internal client where you're going, I have to learn this whole new skill set since a lot of business owners have never been managers before. But suddenly you have to be a manager and you have to be a finance person and you have to learn all these different ways to communicate 
Uh, and I think that communication growth curve is really hard for a lot of people. Um, and working through that is something that that's my favorite tip is like, get through that. It's uncomfortable, but you have to learn it to be able to grow, to be able to build, to be able to. You're exactly right. And that's why working with the coaches, working with the coaches is essential. I mean, I worked in the past with a sales coach and a business coach. And when I started working with them, I realized how many mistakes I was making. I mean, I was making a ton of them. And, you know, because I was like a lot of people. I, you know, I started my career in banking. I, you know, was working for them and I started, uh, this is in the 90s, and I was building websites on the side and I was making more money on the side building websites than I was working for the bank. So I decided I could go out on my own. You know, I could do this better and more efficiently and make more money. You know, my boss is an idiot. So I'm going to leave and I'm going to go work for a bigger idiot, you know, and <laughs> what happened. So, uh, you know, but I had to learn sales. I had to learn business development. I had to learn contracts. I had to learn all of this stuff, which I didn't know. And then working with a business coach, you know, he got me to realize that, you know, it's never going to grow if it's just dependent on my time, my hours of, of working in the business. So I had to really focus and spend more time working on the business. So I started hiring subcontractors. And at the high point, I had like 15 subcontractors working. And then, you know, it freed me up to spend my time more on the business development and, and improving the business. Lydia. So about communication, <clears throat> I come back to... Uh, Another book, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And you really don't even have to go past the first page. You don't have to read the whole book. The four agreements are always speak with integrity. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions. And always do your best at any given moment, any day or whatever. So you you have to, you know, as a as Jesse was talking about bringing in that first, that first internal person, that first employee or partner or colleague or however you want to refer to them, you know, it's, they're going to, they're going to ask questions that, you know, you just can't take it personally because they just don't know. And always, you know, whether it's internal or external, always speaking with integrity, uh, you know, and ask a lot of questions. Um, I remember in, I was in, I was in an, um, high school, an algebra two class. I loved algebra. I loved my algebra teacher. I asked a question and I was always at the top of the class. I asked a question one day and she nailed, she turned, she was this six foot tall Dominican nun and she turned and nailed me with this look and she's like well that was a stupid question <sighs> never looked I at was, her the same way again did you I was crushed <laughs> and all and all my life I've said there's no such thing as a stupid question except the one you don't ask well, Lydia, I was never good at uh, algebra, so that's probably one of the reasons why I went into communications, <laughs> like a lot of other communications people, because we couldn't do math. So. <laughs> oh, math is different from algebra. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, the funny thing was I had logic classes, and logic was basically taking the spoken language, like speeches and, and copy, and, and actually putting it into equations. And I was very – that came to me like nothing. I mean, it was easy. And you would think if I was able to do that, I would be able to do algebra. didn't work. <laughs> Well, as much as I would love to talk about how math is apparently important in every aspect of your life, even for us communications people, right. um, 
Let's steer the, let's right the ship. Uh, What do you think is the biggest mistake people make in building their business? Lydia? Oh gosh. Not asking enough questions. (laughs) Love how you brought that one back. Oh, that's true. You know, yeah, I think you don't know. You really don't know how much you don't know. um, Even though you might think you do. Uh, when you're you, you think you do know it, and so you you just can't talk to enough people and ask enough questions. Um, the other thing uh, that I that I learned today that was reinforced today is really doing quality networking, which it takes time and it's time consuming, but ultimately it pays off because just like you and I met. And then I introduced you to Jim Cermak. You know, it's it's really getting to know people and understanding their businesses and how and so that you can actually make uh, really make a difference and make the right kind of introductions. And if you're building a business, that's what you need. As I said on on the top of the show, it's you can't reach your goals on your own. You need your people and your people lead you to other people and other people and your clients and your prospects, your resources, your partners. The more people you know, the more access you have to other people's tribes. But adding that word quality, it's so important every now and then. and, And I usually end my calls with, you know, what do you need? How can I support you? Every now and then I'm on a call and someone doesn't ask that question. And I just, I, I like bite my tongue and say, you know, nice to meet you. Bye. Probably forever. No, I'm kidding. Um, not everybody knows that, that that's how, how you build because you need to know who you can refer other people to down the line as well. So score one. Two, three, twenty-seven. We'll put asterisks next to that that networking question, and then and then I'll have people I haven't seen in a while. I'll just invite them on the show, and that's another way to catch up with it, to get to know new friends even better, but mm-hmm. also to catch up with with old peers and colleagues. Jesse, what do you um, think? I think the biggest mistake people mis- people make is not listening. Um, we have this idea that, oh, I know this, I run this business and I know this industry or I know this product or I know my service or whatever really well. So I don't have to listen to feedback. I don't have to listen to clients. I don't have to listen to staff. Um, and teaching yourself to really get good at active listening, whether that's in a sales conversation, listening to what the person wants so you can tell them how your product or service is going to solve that problem. What is the real problem? And learning to listen to that. Um, I teach a lot of workshops on staff retention and building that company culture in starting from the very first day you hire and listening to your staff and what they say and how they operate um, and learning to take that criticism or accept that they sometimes have ideas better that are better than yours. That's why you hire people is because they're good at the things that you're not um, or they're taking work off your plate. Uh, and so not accepting that criticism when a staff says there is a better way to do this and not listening to that, that's how you get disgruntled staff who leave. And that's how you lose good ideas in your business. And so I think honing those listening skills is the biggest mistake that people, people don't take that opportunity to go. 
okay, what can I learn from the people around me? Whether that's in a networking session, as Lydia so helpfully pointed out, uh, or whether it's a client or whether it's a staff person. Jesse, I absolutely agree with you because I think it comes down to the biggest problem is, you know, whether it's in business or politics, if you just think I alone have the answers, um, you're going to find out very quickly that you don't. Um, and so whether you, you know, bring in people through your network or you hire people or you hire contractors, you know, you're not going to be good at everything. You're not going to know all the answers, you know, so maybe you are good at sales. But maybe you're not good at communications or maybe you're good at communications and sales, but you're not good at contracting. So you're going to need people. You're going to need resources and you're going to know where to find them. If you don't know where to find them, go get yourself a coach, right? Or reach out to your network to find your connectors and say, okay, people who you know, who knows this, right? And again, back to Jesse's point, you don't need to be good at everything, You just need to know what you're not good at so you could find that support so you don't have to do those things, right? Yeah. Hire to your weakness. But another failing point too is, uh, and I was just kind of a topic. Failing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for me was a, uh, was is capitalization. You know, a lot of times if you're going to leave and go out on your own business, do you have enough revenue to ride the tide to get the business up and running to the point where you are making the kind of money that you would like to make or expecting to make, you know, at a minimum, at least covering your costs and breaking even. But, you know, how long is it going to take you to get to where you're going to go? And if you're not, if you don't have the capitalization, it's going to be really hard to try to get that business off the ground. Well, and as a communications person, you said not having capitalization, and I thought you were just going to go on a grammar rant. No, but what you said. <laughs> yes, was well, that's a problem too. If you can't, if you can't speak and you can't write, uh, those create issues too. <laughs> but you can hire for that. Exactly. Or now I you can launch that GPT and have it do it for you, right? <laughs> right. As there are plenty as- of people who will copyright for you, exactly. and I, as a person who am not a great writer. I love those people. Those are great. Like, just please write the story. I haven't noticed. Does Chat GPT uh, use the Oxford comma? I don't know. <laughs> I, love, to be honest. I don't know. I That's love the Oxford question. comma. Oh, it's so the good. Oxford comma. You know what? It's like the Oxford comma makes all the difference in the world in, in meaning and context. You know, the uh, best book I've ever seen, though, on grammar is a book called Eats, Shoots, and Leaves. Yes. If you've never seen it or you just haven't read it, you got to check this book out. It's funny. It's entertaining, but it's very informative. And even the whole premise of the book, just the cover design is interesting. It's a picture of a bear with a gun, you know, and it's got a tree there. And it's whether he's eating the leaves and shooting and then leaves or what, you know, it's, uh, it's crazy. Jesse is getting so many books for her book list. I have actually read Eats, Shoots, and Leaves uh, way back in college. I had a habit of reading um, other people's required reading in both high school and college. If I got bored, I would pick up somebody else's syllabus or something they were reading for class and read it. And that was how I read Eats, Shoots, and Leaves. It was when I was an RA. Some of my freshmen had to read it. Um, But I did not think of putting that on my business book list. So I will do that we don't have like right back there somewhere next put it in the marketing section <laughs> is probably where that'll go and i don't have a grammar section but marketing is a good spot <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> uh and uh, this is uh, while you can you all start thinking about the goals that you want to gift um the audience if you go to the deb method.com slash blog you can get the recap and the links 
from this and the, the previous conversations. So um, now I'm going to ask you all, uh, and I, I feel like, and I really hope I'm stealing no one's thunder, but I feel like the bonus goal needs to be write down three things you're not good at and find ways to outsource it. Did I just, did I take yours, Jesse? Is that what you were going to no. say? Okay, good. So let, let's start with that as bonus goal, because that's really the common theme that I feel is coming up is to figure out what you're not good at so you don't have to do it. So Jesse, what is your goal? Um, so my goal for everybody is to try a thing in your business that you think you should know how to do, but you don't know how to do it. Just go and try it and come up with questions about it. Um, that is one of my favorite ways to encourage people to learn how to, and that might be, uh, hop on a sales call with somebody who runs a CRM and try to figure out what they say that you like and you don't like. What do you like about that sales method? What don't you like? Does that product actually answer their questions? Um, and so do some of that trial of those pieces um, and think about what kind of business leader you want to be. Try things. Um, so try one new thing this week that you didn't think you would be able to do. And you may surprise yourself or it might end up on that list of things that you need to outsource, right? I was not good at networking when I started my first business. It was a landscaping company and I knew a lot about plants and nothing about people or sales or client estimates or how to talk to people and get new clients, um, any of that stuff. And I went to a friend of mine who is an executive director for a nonprofit. His name is Ford. He runs the Cottonwood Institute in Denver, Colorado, and he is the best networker I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, I wish he would write a book on how to network because he's so good at it. And I went to Ford and I said, how do I network? How do I do this? You're so good at this. I watch you work a room and you know everybody and you know all these things. And I just picked his brain. And seven years later, now people look at me and say the same thing of like, how did you learn to do that? It's like really hard work. But I started with a person I knew and a thing I wanted to get better at. And you started by networking. You just didn't realize yeah. it. <laughs> Rick, what goal do you wish to gift? Well, I've been a lifelong learner and I'm a huge believer in professional development. So I believe that people really should always be focused on enhancing their skills. So no matter how good you are, you know, technology is going to change. The marketplace is going to change. You need to keep changing with all of that. So, for example, for myself, I want to go all in on learning everything I can learn about AI and generative AI, chat GPT and everything else, because I know it's going to profoundly change not just my business, but a lot of other businesses. The other side of that, too, is diversifying your reading. So you're not just you know getting your information from one source or it's not all coming from Facebook. It's coming from different media sources, different outlets. Listen to podcasts, listen to radio, read the newspaper, um, you know, get different viewpoints, subscribe to podcasts and, and, and read journals. Um, learn as much as you can um, because you're just going to become more valuable to your company um, than if you just kind of let your skills atrophy. You said a lot of things. So we're going to boil your goal oh, down. Do. That's what we do. <laughs> so, but we're going to boil your goal down to uh, enhance your skills, diversify your reading, but most importantly, learn something new. Correct. And it might be the thing that Jesse just told you to try. Who knows? Yeah. Love it when goals link together. 
Lydia, what goal? Uh, what goal say you? <laughs> um, kind of like Yoda there for a second. <laughs> can I? Can I have two? <laughs> yes, um, you may. Think different. Wherever you heard that before, Apple. But I keep coming back to that. It's thinking. It's it's think different. And because when we've been in, when we've been doing something for a while, uh, whether it's your business or a job, you know, if you're a salesperson, change things up and see what happens. You know, everything, everything is evolving uh, today. Um, I, the, the first post I read on LinkedIn this morning is, it was a guy who said, I have a new, I have a new opening for cold calls. Hi, my name is Lydia Sugarman and I'm an actual human. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, and the other, the other is back to networking. It's, it is your second job. And an intentional networking. I was, I was reminded earlier today in a networking, in an anniversary networking event uh, by guy that I, we hadn't seen each other in more than twenty years, and he remembered me, and he, and he's like, "Yeah, I was at your networking event," and and that's what I, in two thousand, I had uh, power networking events in New York, and everybody met everybody. Everybody had a cocktail or two or three. Uh, but the, the, without going through the way that I did ran it, the first thing that you would ask somebody is what do you, yeah, what do you need? What do you do? And what do you need? How can I help you? Instead of saying, I do this and this is what I need. It right. Was, it was you centered, not me centered. Because it, well, for all sorts of reasons, but it also starts a really good cycle of the helpfulness and going back to your mission for your, for yourself, for your business, whether it is to inform, to educate as service of business, um, to entertain even, but when you're looking at your business and how it also helps others, mm -hmm. that is fuel as well. Yeah. So, and looking at, um, the networking piece of it. So, uh, and you, you have both of your goals, you know, think different and do more intentional networking. I think I went, I went to a networking event last week where the only person I knew was the host. And I was so happy because usually when I go to these things, I know at least a handful of people, which is great to maintain the connections, but to find different places to meet the people you don't know is so important as well. Absolutely. That's why it's good to mix up the places that you go to network and, you know, you go to a chamber of commerce, you go to a professional trade association, you go to, you know, all kinds of different organizations, meet different people and you'll get different perspectives. Back when everything was in person, I would say one networking event a week was good, was a good rule of thumb. And now I don't, there's no excuse to not do at least three because the time that you save driving to an event, you could be doing more events and to do a mix, a mixture of meetups, educational events, and then the one-on-ones to get to know people in a more deep manner. So you could see if you're good, referral partners, resources, or, you know, prospects 
Mm -hmm. for yourself or for others. And if you're new to networking and this entire conversation scares you because you're like, oh God, I can't talk to all these people. I don't know. Come to Outgrow Your Crushes Coworking. It's free. It happens twice a week. And it's like baby networking. It's 10 minutes of chit-chatting with people and then 40 minutes of working on your own stuff. And then 10 minutes of chit-chatting with people and then 40 minutes of working on your own stuff. So um, I will put that in. I'll put a link to that in the very fancy Goal Chat Live page well, that I sent to you, Deb. It'll go right it, there. And we'll call it baby networking. <laughs> Well, why don't why don't we take this opportunity for you all to share where people can learn more about you? And we will start with you, Jesse. Um, so you can find me at Coworking, also known as Networking Baby Steps. Um, and uh, Deb very helpfully put a link, outgrowyourgarage.com slash goal chat live. Uh, there are some links on there for free courses and things that you can learn about your business. One of our free courses is uh, what is the real cost of hiring? So how much does a person actually cost for your company beyond just the hourly wage or salary you're paying them? And the other one is creating a project gallery in eight steps uh, so that you have something you can show clients about what you do. Uh, so check that out for both of those both of those courses at that outgrowyourgarage.com slash goal chat live. You can also find me on LinkedIn uh, or you can find Outgrow Your Garage on Facebook, but not me personally. <laughs> and your uh, the links that you're sharing as well as your LinkedIn will go in the recap at thedebmethod.com slash blog. So Rick, where can people learn more about you? Well, I have a portfolio website, but the absolute best place to find me is on LinkedIn. I am on LinkedIn every single day. I'm posting things for myself, for my company, for the trade association that, I, that I'm president of. So I'm there all the time. So if you want to get you know, a good perspective on how I think and what you know, excites me, it's all there. So go to my LinkedIn profile. And Lydia, where can people learn more about you? I kind of, I kind of live on LinkedIn too. Um, and then of course, uh, the Ventive website, which is, which you're going to include that link. But, uh, I love connecting with people, people on LinkedIn, uh, having DM conversations. Um, and, uh, many times I, you know, will say, let's just meet, let's get on a Zoom and chat and actually get really acquainted. You know, it's 30 minutes. Back to networking. You never know. You never know. You know, you never know. No, I. <laughs> well, well you know, Dennis Dim knows a living proof. I was on the Innovation and Women uh, call about uh, three weeks ago. I was one of two men in the room. There was like 40 women. I, I was there just kind of scouting the, the, the room for my client. And as a, at the end of the meeting, I wound up having four one on one conversations scheduled. And I, that was the first week. And then I went on last Friday and then I've got like three more and you know it's never an intention to go in and, and schedule meetings it was an intention really just to do some scouting but if you're sharing ideas and you're engaging and you know helpful I think people will want to know more about you and how you operate and how you can work together and I have to give you kudos Rick if you're having those that kind of those kind of results in uh really heavily female <laughs> uh zoom meeting or was it in person <laughs> And they let you come back and, and they're still and they're still connecting with you for one on ones. That is you're ahead of ninety nine point nine percent of most men. It's my Brad Pitt looks, that's what it is. 
well, Innovation Women and Bobby Carlton's been on on my show several times. She's the founder, and it is a wonderful space to get women on more stages. But she's also very um, verbal about the fact that she loves supportive men as well. And there are male members of Innovation Women as well. So there you go. Could be a goal, Rick. There you go. <laughs> you never know. Well, this this, whole, this conversation on business tips, I feel like we did not talk. I mean, it's all been about tips, but I would love, what are some of your favorite business tips? One, two, three tips that, that people can just implement immediately. Rick, business tips? Well, I'll turn to LinkedIn. When you're on LinkedIn, make sure that you keep it short, concise, and do about maybe three to four sentences and put your link in there so that it's visible before you, somebody has to click the little more icon. So that means, you know, again, no more than four sentences and then use hashtags because um, that's how people are going to find your content if they're not connected to you. Okay, we, we need to dial back because I understood what you said, but it was a lot of words together. <laughs> so you're, you're saying for when you post on LinkedIn, yeah. And so posting updates, do four sentence posts. Yep. At most. Sometimes it may be even two. Really? Or yeah. It's short. Uh, the shorter, the better. Uh, and then again, uh, make sure that the link shows before the person has to click that little more link. And that well, will there, increase and the there's interest. a link to something, to a lengthier piece. Right. And that'll increase the, the, the views as well as the click throughs um, that you're seeking. Got it. Got it. Uh, and I'm a huge fan of LinkedIn as well. So I'm always happy for, can I add a bonus LinkedIn tip? Make sure your LinkedIn picture looks like you and your profile is at, at minimal sussed out that your headline is what you do and how you help. And you can even type in your website, in your LinkedIn headline. And it's a resource, not a resume. So make sure the the who you are, whether you're building a business or you're working for another business is really reflective of what you're doing. So when people meet you and connect with you, they connect you to be that same person. Jesse, tips? Uh, before every single business event, networking session, client meeting, one-on-one, -on -one, anything you do for your business, webinar, workshop, anything, define success, take a few minutes, in advance and go, this is what I want to get out of this meeting. Is it something you want to learn? Is it something you want to apply? Is it somebody you want to meet? Uh, whatever that is, know what you're trying to get out of it. And that makes it a lot easier to actually get that thing. Um, so yeah, that's my, my biggest thing. And if you want an example, my definition of success for this very webinar or chit chat today um, is uh, does the system, I'm testing out a new system for how we do leads uh, with the goal, goal chat live link. And does that work the way that I think it's going to? So great. That's success for me is people click on that link and hopefully take the free courses and tell me whether or not they work. I, first of all, I love being your guinea pig. You're welcome. But I also, because one of the things I talk about is event outcome optimization. So setting yourself up for success before attending a conference, a meetup, networking event, whatever. And uh, it's the other, so everything you said is incomplete alignment with one of the things that I talk about. But 
It's that thing that you add at the end, which I don't think can be underlined enough, is know that intent. And it can be for a little thing or a big thing. It can be the intent for for whatever you're doing to work on your business that day. But go into it with the win in mind is going to make it much easier to accomplish that win. So success, not just for meetups. Lydia. Always define success. Yes, because you you can't get what you want unless you know what that is. Right. So I'm a big fan of automation because it saves time, except on LinkedIn. And I think canned uh, communications on LinkedIn is the kiss of death. Yes. If you really, if you really, uh, if you want to be authentic, then write every message for that person. It's not, it doesn't take that long and just be real, be genuine. Um, You know, I mean, I remember sending a, I remember sending a connect request to to this guy saying, man, I've got to connect with a guy that has such an, such an impressive mustache. (laughs) (laughs) I need to find out more about that. I don't remember if he accepted it or not, but I had fun writing it. and, and, it, and it helps you stand out yeah. because that person's going to remember you. And so anybody um, who connects with one or all of us after listening to this conversation, say that this is where we met Exactly. and then find another way. Oh, I love when you said this or this point. Um, and, and another, another tip is follow up and then follow up again and follow up again and again. And again, in different ways, in different words, uh, because if you're selling, and we are always all selling in one way or another, it takes, we know it takes a lot of touches to make an impression and to get a reaction, but we also tend to give up too soon. Keep at it. Because you never know, right? It can. It's uncomfortable sometimes <laughs> until somebody tells you to take a hike. Keep at it. What frequency do you think is good for following up without annoying people? Depends. <laughs> How about that? Oh, great! It depends. It depends <laughs> on the. It depends on the product that you're selling, or. We'll just use that broadly. Um, It depends on the product you're selling and and the price point of it. Um, It depends on your comfort level. Um, It depends on how you're reaching out because some touches can be very, very subtle. It's like, you know, you, when you, you follow somebody on LinkedIn before you connect with them and you comment on their posts or on their comments before you connect with them. Uh, Those are touches and they'll recognize your name so that when you get serious with a DM message and you ask to connect, you, you know, and then they'll say that. And when you, you know, when you disarmingly say, Hey, how about scheduling a 30 minute zoom to get acquainted? There's no pressure there. 
It's a conversation. I'm not going to pitch slap you. You know? It's a new term for me. I've never heard that one. So that's a good one. Oh, oh. That immediately <laughs> in my vocabulary. <laughs> Uh, when, when you take that time to start conversations before you have those one-on-one conversations, it does add that, um, what's, <clears throat> okay, might, there go my you words. Up, you might end up commenting on several of their posts or comments, uh, in, in one day, you know, in, within an hour, because you discovered somebody that really, that really, uh, intrigues you in some way. That's not, it's not creepy. It's, I don't think it's creepy. It's enthusiastic. If it's, if you're honest about it, you're authentic. If you're, yes. And using, using, using your authenticity, it seems like that feels like an oxymoron. But when you are authentic and you are engaging and starting conversations or commenting and always reply, then when you reach out and are not pitch slapping, I also love that term, the person is going to be more responsive because it's genuine. And when you're genuine, everybody wants to, everybody wants more genuine people in their life. And then you see where it can go. It really works. It really works. This has been such a wonderful conversation on business tips. Thank you so much, Rick, Jesse, and Lydia for sharing your your background, your enthusiasm, and your business tips. And thank you, whether you are watching us live or the replay or listening to us as the Deb Show podcast. Uh, thank you for choosing your goals and to spend time with us to better your business. Um, I am live at 4 p.m. every. I am live for Gold Chat Live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific. If you want to join us, and you can subscribe to the Deb Show on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform, and you can learn more at thedebmethod.com, of course, and get the recaps. Before we wrap, I just want one final thought from each of you. One thing that if if our audience takes one thing away from the conversation today, what is that thing? Lydia? Have fun. Oh, that's my favorite. That's almost should be like an ongoing goal. Yeah. Life's too short. Have fun. And Jesse? Uh, be yourself and ask for help when you forget what that is or who that is. Okay. Good one. And Rick? And I think all three of us agreed on this principle, which is be authentic. You want to succeed in business? Be authentic because that is the ultimate business strategy. Amazing. Thank you all again, Rick, Jesse, and Lydia. Thank you again for tuning in. Go on out there. Go for it, whatever your business goals, because we know you can do it. Thanks for listening to The Deb Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Deb Method on social media, and check out thedebmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.